You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. We uh, we will be starting our, our projects next Wednesday, so we'll still have something here for, for those that, that can't help or aren't able to. Um, with our project, so we'll still have church here at the same time, but we will also be uh, meeting um, out. So you'll receive texts uh, through the chain that are letting you know where the project is, what you need to bring if you're coming to help. If you're not coming, just know, come to church at the same time as always, and there'll be somebody here waiting for you. Um, so anyways, we'll, we'll get that started next week. Really excited about that. Glad to have our daylight back and some of our uh, our warmer weather at some points, but it was freezing this morning. But I mean, at least we're working at the towards the end of the day when it's warmed up. <clears throat> so we'll have that going, and then don't forget uh, this Sunday is our uh, our Easter Sunday celebration. So we'll have uh, our fellowship meal. We'll have a big Easter egg hunt for all the kiddos and and grand kiddos. So it'll be a lot of fun, and um, so we'll get to do that. And we won't have Sunday night service because of Easter. Um, and then also, if you're wanting to go with uh, Randy, um, April 25th is when we leave for Kansas City. We're going to do a project up there for his his sister and brother-in-law. That'll be a two-week project. You don't have to go and stay the whole time. I plan on going. I don't plan on staying for two weeks. Um, but uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So if you want any more information on that, get with us. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll get that info to you. So we've got that coming up. We've got a lot of exciting things coming up. So I'm really excited for, for what we have and, and the activity kind of in that time that we're coming into. It's warm outside. We can be active. We can do things outdoors. I love this time of the year. So we're excited about that. But anyways, moving on to this evening, we'll, we'll pray first and then we'll get started. <coughs> Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for... Um, just the beautiful sunshine. We thank you for all that you're doing in this community, uh, all that you allow us to be a part of. Lord, I pray that we would we would embrace all that you have for us. We would listen and we would see all that you're revealing and we would choose to be a part of it. We would see it and we would long to be a part of what you're doing. Father God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear all that, all that you're doing and in all the ways that you're moving. Lord, I pray that we would, we would be vessels for the presence of the Holy Spirit in everything we do and in everywhere we go, and that people's lives would be changed because we exist now, fully as your vessels. Not because we speak of you all the time, but just simply because our life, the breath in our lungs is testimony to the goodness of God and the love that you have for those around us. So I pray that that would overflow out of us in all that we do and everywhere that we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) So, this evening, we we talked on Sunday what it is to thrive in the difference. How do we thrive in the difference? And so, in that, there's been this question in me uh, for a while, um, and it, it will... You'll, you'll see it is obvious in a moment of why this question would, would be in me. Um, and it's not really a, a particular question, but it has to do with, um, with this word of disagreement. 
or, or which is simply a difference of opinion. That's all disagreement means. I think we add a little bit more spice to the word disagreement, that if we have a disagreement, there's almost malice and anger behind that. And that's certainly what we see around us. If you have people that disagree with, any, with themselves in the world right now, there's, there's not kindness in their disagreement, right? There's no longer kindness in a difference of opinion. And so anyways, I've struggled with that and how it's leaked into the church in the sense that there's not disagreement in the church and it's just okay and we move on. There's disagreement to the point where we actually would split a church over silly things. We would divide the body of Christ because there was a disagreement, right? Randy has taught us well that we should be the best problem solvers, should be the best because we, we have the mind of Christ, we have the spirit that dwells in us that desires to breed, uh, build a bridge between the two of us. You know, disagreement is simply, like I said, it's a lack of consensus or, um, or just having or expressing a different opinion. So what do we get in trouble in the body? How do we get in trouble in the body when there's disagreements? Um, and when we get in trouble in the body when there's a difference of opinion is when one body... One party owns this thought that their opinion is right and they throw the other party into this category of their opinion is wrong. And we've also been taught this very well of this pursuit of right and wrong. And and we can't just rest with the fact that things are simply different. If Randy, so I was talking with Randy about this on Monday morning, and he gave me this example. Um, if we're both driving at the same time to Lubbock, but I take 1585 and he takes 41, and he begins to describe something to me that he sees and asks me if I understand or if I see the same thing, and I say no. Is that odd? No, I'm in a different road, Right? What if then he becomes angry at me because I don't know what he's talking about? That's pretty weird, isn't it? That's pretty unrealistic why there would be any malice or any frustration with me. I'm on a different road. Are we headed to the same place though? Yeah, we're going to the same place. But now he's mad because I can't see what he sees. But he's having a different encounter than I'm having. He's having his circumstances are different than mine, Right? That's, I mean, the circumstances for which you can see driving down the road can change drastically based on what you're driving in, right? If you're a little higher up, you can see a little farther out, right? Maybe if you don't have tinted windows and that early morning sun is rising up in the air, you can't see anything. Somebody's got tinted windows, they can see everything, right? Those things, there's so many variables, but now there's frustration because I don't understand what he's talking about, but we're on different roads headed to the same place. And there is some scripture we'll be in. If you want to turn to 1 Corinthians 13, we'll be there first. There is, there is some scripture. There's a handful of scripture that talks about disagreement. That, that deals with that directly. But what you find a lot of scripture talking about is what happens when you handle disagreement wrong. And that's what we're going to start looking at this, this evening. Again, we're in 1 Corinthians I didn't mark it. Whoops. 1 Corinthians 13. 
Verse 1, if I speak in the tongues of men and of the angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to, to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I become a man... I gave up childish ways, for now I see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide in these three, but the greatest of these is love. I love verse, verse 9, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part. We have a partial view. We have a partial view. I was talking, this is silly, it's kind of a dorky thing. We were talking, we were talking about time travel with somebody the other day and how it, in a very loose determination or, and definition of it, it exists. And it exists, and we were talking about driving. If I'm driving down a road behind you, say you're a quarter mile ahead of me, I can see your car and you're driving, you're driving in front of me, and you pass you pass something. Well, it's interesting to think, and this is totally off the top of it, I'm just going to say it anyways, that now I ex that thing exists in your past, that object you passed, but it exists in my future. And at the same time, I'm in your past as you are in my future. Crazy. But even then, if we drive past the same telephone pole and I've seen you pass it, are the circumstances surrounding you passing that telephone the same for me? No. Different vehicles, maybe going different speeds. Maybe a tractor was plowing when you passed it, and now he's turning, right? Um, uh, we're listening, listening to different music, right? The, we know in part. We can, even the things that we can control to the last detail, we still only know in part. Right? So how can, we, how can we sit and rest in this, this, this place of you're wrong, I'm right, because my opinion is better than your opinion, because they're different. Because I don't know how you got there. And you don't know how I got here. We've talked about that, right? I am uniquely, specifically, and significantly made. There's only one of me. And there's only one of me that's lived the life that I've lived. Even if I were born again. I wouldn't live the same life, right? If I, if I could travel back in time and be an infant again, do you think I would end up in the same place? Probably not, because there were so many things that had to be made, decisions that had to be made that would get me here. So many. I'm telling you right now, if I, if I went back, even the simplest thing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to college. If I could do it over, I wouldn't go to college.
I'd go to trade school. And I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have met any one of my groomsmen. And so all of a sudden, with one decision, drastic life change, right? So even myself, I am, I am so uniquely and specifically and significantly designed to be right where I'm at. And there are so many minor details of things and encounters that have happened throughout my story that have allowed me to come to this place. It's that definition of Sonder that we talked about several months ago. But it's this, this definition, this understanding that each passerby, each person that I drove past on my way to Lubbock today and on my way home is living as intricate and as detailed of a story as I am. And I know no details about it. I, and I could never grasp the fullness of understanding in it. Randy has said this several times of people sitting in his office counseling with him for weeks and months and he's still, he's recognized and this is really what makes him different. He's recognized that he will never know them. So he has to listen to the Spirit of God that does know them. The only one capable. Right? So anyways, if we are to thrive in our differences, we cannot pursue right and wrong. This is another kingdom paradigm. The world pursues right and wrong to discover what? To discover truth. But the thing about pursuing right and wrong, when you pursue what is right and what is wrong, those two things become opinion-based. Right? Because you can throw a rock and find somebody that probably has a difference of right and wrong with certain things than you do. And if it's that easy to find, the difference is we have to recognize the inability to build anything upon it. We cannot build upon what we pursue to be right or wrong. In the kingdom, we are to pursue truth and discover what is right and what is wrong within it. And who is truth? Truth is Jesus, right? It's the standard. I'm holding up my hand for those listening online. If I hold up five fingers and these five fingers represent Jesus... And then I hold up my own life and there's only three fingers up. That's how the Lord reveals truth to me and what is missing in my story. I see the standard of Jesus and I recognize where I have fallen short. Equipped for all of these things. Equipped to be just like Jesus. To be the reflection of Christ. To, to represent His heart. To represent the Father in all things that I do. That he would, be, he would be represented as a mere image in and through me. I have that ability. Right? It's, it's coming back to this. If we pursue right and wrong, then we have to also be okay with conviction and condemnation. I've asked this before as I've taught people about uh, the reality that the Lord does not move through conviction. He does not convict. Because I would ask you, when have you ever felt conviction and not felt guilt associated with it? It is impossible to separate the two. Now, can we be moved can he correct us? Absolutely. But he does not convict us. What is a convict in our society? One who is found guilty. Are we found guilty? With the blood of Jesus over us, are we found guilty? No, we are found worthy. We are found worthy. So, again, we cannot pursue what is right and what is wrong. We must pursue truth to discover what is right. And what is wrong? Proverbs 
14.12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends, but its end is the way to death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. We are to pursue truth. We are to be consumed by Him and by His truth. I'm going to read several scriptures from John, so just hang with me and and listen for a second. John 8.32 And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And, And just before that, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know truth, and the truth will set you free. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Spirit that's coming. And in chapter 14, verse 6, And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. John 17, 17. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. This was Jesus' prayer to the Father before leaving, praying over us. And He asked to sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. This is your, your spoken word. The things that He will speak to you. These are the guiding light. These are the things that we're to abide in and to remain in. And now we'll go to 2 Timothy. We'll be in chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. We have a responsibility to rightly handle the words spoken to us. Right There's a different level of accountability, accountability that you are held to when you have heard truth spoken to you, right? It's, that, it's this kind of scary thing that keeps, uh, kind of sobers you up real quick to think of what would happen if you know what you know. Like, for instance, if we sat under Randy for these 12 years and, and, and sitting under what the Lord is doing now, but remained silent out there. What happens when you come before the Father on that day? That's going to be a very uncomfortable conversation, right? Because we did not rightly handle the truth that was given to us. And so too, if we have heard and received truth, but we have allowed division in here, we have not rightly handled the truth that He has spoken over us. And again, just another example. If you know Danny Green, you know the type of pickup he drives exclusively, correct? <laughs> He's looking at me glaring like, like I'm not speaking truth. He, he drives an exclusive brand. He's a Ford pickup guy, right? But Danny, why are you a Ford pickup guy? You said it to me the other day. It's the only thing that will stay under him. 
So in his experience, it's the only thing that's kept up with what he has to do. And that's his experience. It's not my experience. But I've never owned a Ford. I did own a Ford, but it was a 97 F350. She was beat up when I got her. I sold her beat up. She was good, though. But he uses them for work. Now, Danny, does everybody in the oil field drive Fords? Nope. And does everyone have their opinion about which Ford is, or which pickup is the best? Every single one. Every single one. And every one of them come to this same conclusion. Well, I had a bad experience with this one. It broke down this, this, this. So I got this one. It was good. So I bought this brand exclusively. So it's based around their experiences, right? Very simple to understand. But does that mean if I disagree with him, say I, say I owned a, a Ford just like his, and mine broke down. So now we have very different experiences. But because I disagree, is he now wrong because I disagree with him? Because what is his opinion based around? Is it based around his experience or my experience? His. Right. So you see, what I'm trying to illustrate is how silly it gets when we see the church, the body of Christ, throwing people into categories of right and wrong based around personal experience that we can't fully understand. I don't know the experience that Shorty has had in all of his life, and he doesn't know mine. And we can't help to do that. So why would I categorize him as one thing based on his opinion that's different than mine? We've lived different stories. But if the truth in which we pursue, right? Randy and myself, where were we headed? We were both going to Lubbock. We were both going to the same place on a different road, on a different journey, having different experiences, but still going to the same place. If we, the people of God, are focused on Christ before us and we are, we are running after Him, we're, we're abiding, we are remaining in, we are walking in obedience, we are, we are pursuing Him with our life. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And that is the mentality in which we operate. Doesn't matter what road we're on. No. Because we'll keep going back to this. Because how boring would it be if we were all the same? And what image of God would we ever see if we were all the same? See, the thing we've got to recognize, this has to be the template in which we see the world around us. Especially the body of Christ. The world sees the things meant to paint a big picture of God as things that are meant to divide us. The church cannot adopt that mentality. We have to see the things that are meant to orchestrate and illustrate this massive heart that is for us as that and not as a way to divide or not as a means to be separated from one another. That is not found in the heart of God. We are pursuing the same heart. We are pursuing the same man. Matthew 13 verse 44 the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. We cannot be so quick to forget who it is that we look to, and who it is that we pursue. 
who we are all to live for and pursue and who fills us. Because when we forget that, when we forget this this truth that we are pursuing, this person of truth, the person of the Holy Spirit that fills us, when we are pursuing these things, if we forget, when we forget, we cannot see. We cannot hear all that He is building and then therefore we cannot co-labor. Cannot co-labor. You cannot be a part of what God is doing if you are at, at one time, you're trying to do it with your left hand, but your right hand is trying to destroy the very thing that you're building. It's one or the other. So, I've seen this so often. I've seen it. I mean, it's so obvious uh, why the Lord is bringing these things up. Well, it's, it's kind of obvious. We see it in, in the current climate of, of the world around us and the way people are interacting. There's just division because of opinion. Over, I mean, just left and right. Just all over the place. I mean, just all over the place. Silly, silly stuff. I, I mean, just silly stuff. I... I can't, you can't make it up and you really can't fathom the silliness in the division in the world right now because of simple things. That cannot be found in the church. To create the mystery, for them to look at us and see mystery, there must be unity. But that does not mean there's not differences. And we've got to be okay with that. But a lot of us have put God, so many Christians have put God in this box. And if anybody is different than me or has a different opinion than me, they're wrong and they don't know God. That cannot be the, def- that cannot be the place that we end up. That cannot be. Because my life is different than your life. And where I've ended up is where I've ended up because of the world that has shaped me and the life that I have lived. And I also don't know what the Lord is doing in you. I can't fully know this journey that the Lord has had you and where He's taking you. Just because we find ourselves in sundown right now does not mean that we're all going to live in sundown for forever. We found ourselves in this place in time right now, but can any one of us definitively say, the Lord will never take me? Don't do it. I'm telling you right now, don't do it. Don't even tempt Him because He'll do it. He'll grab you up real quick. I said I would never live in West Texas. Here I am, in the westest of Texases. Yeah. I said I would never live in Lubbock. And the Lord's like, no, you won't. Boom. I'm going to kick you out into a town of 1,200 people. It's going to be the smallest place you ever lived. And you're going to think Lubbock is a big city. He's got a sense of humor, so don't tempt him. But if we cannot even confidently say where we will end up, We've got to recognize we cannot add that same assurance and authority over the lives of those that we cannot know. But to also reflect and see the truth in things that we are both pursuing the heart of God. If I can see that in you, then I don't care of our differences. Because what unites us is so much more powerful than what could potentially divide us. And if we allow what is meant to unite us to unite us, then the things that the world would say needs to divide us would only just make us stronger. Because again, it creates a better and more beautiful picture of who the Lord is and who He is to the world around us. So, I mean, even even with our experiences, it's a a lot easier for, for some to be able to communicate to others in places of struggle because of the things they've experienced. Right? If you can relate to someone, that's a window. That's a door open, right? 
If someone's struggling, you can, you can speak to them. I, I, I've had, we've had conversations with people that only listened to Danny because he was someone in the oil field. He knew the struggles. He knew the things that were around. He knew the temptations. He knew what was there. And because they found that in him, they were able to talk to him. I've been able to talk to kids that have had issues with substance abuse because I had issues with substance abuse. So it's these testimonies that have even united us. Things that would are different than me and Shorty have united me with somebody else. And it's just added to the picture of what the Lord is doing. But if Shorty would not be united with me because of the issues I've had in my past, do you think I'd still be here? He's the board of our president. Probably not. If we allowed the differences in our stories to be the things that separated us. Let it not be, Let it, and especially not here. And I don't see it here. But it is something we need to watch out for because it is everywhere. It's even in small talk. People want to begin to categorize, categorize other people into groups of right and wrong so quickly. And it is very easy for us to jump on that train. That cannot be. Our pursuit must be truth because we are the ones that are going to create the mystery. And the mystery will draw them in. Just like we see in Acts, there was a mystery in this people that were completely different and completely united, and the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. They found favor with the entire community, but they did not understand them. It also says a little bit later that there were some that would not dare join them because they were just looking at them terrified because the mystery was too great for them to comprehend. The Lord has said very clearly he's, re, he's reclaiming the mystery for his people. And so we have to recognize what is a kingdom paradigm, what is opposite of the world. We have to adopt it. We have to live it. And one of those things is a very, very different group of people being very, very united. Because we do not see it in the world right now. We don't really, I mean, honestly, we don't even see it in church right now. Tune into a, a mega church and scroll around. You're going to see a lot of the same people. Especially just depending on where you're at, what city you're in. You're going to see a lot of Christians. Thousands of them. In a city in shambles. We cannot be united by the things that we're the same in. We must be united because of the differences that paint this picture of who God is in a more fuller scope than we could ever hope or imagine. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.